Hey guys, welcome to the Professional Development Podcast. Today is Wednesday, May 4th. And uh, today we're going to talk about automation, uh, automation in the business place, what we have in terms of technology, systems, people uh, that we're automating. So we're going to get it going. Do you guys have any quotes? Uh, so the quote I got is by Mark Cuban. It's automation is going to cause unemployment and we need to prepare for it. I like it. Yep. I have two quotes, but I'm going to pick one. I just want to be like Dan today. Yeah. Overprepared. So uh, this guy, Bill Gates had a couple quotes on this, which I liked. Sal just raised his hand, so I'm going to use my JFK quote instead. Uh, and you can have the Bill Gates quote, you piece of shit. Uh, John F. Kennedy said, automation does not need to be our enemy. I think machines can make life easier for men if men do not let the machines dominate them. So kind of the way that I see it is, I mean, human to human, face to face interaction, like you can't beat that, in, especially with specific industries. But at the end of the day, um, I think, and we'll probably talk about this more later, but I think a lot of this comes down to the, um, what was it? The minimum skill set, minimum wage podcast that we did. Um, let the machines do the minimum skill set type things and figure out something better that you can do with your time. Yeah. So with this, we kind of talked about how like automation outsourcing go hand in hand, although different. Uh, so mine was do what you do best, outsource the rest by Peter Drucker. And I think that embodies exactly the idea of automation. When we talk, and we'll talk about this way more in depth, but it's like uh, the five, 10, 15, $20 an hour shit that you're doing on your business is literally wasting your time when you can be focused on the 100, 200, 300, 400, and $500 an hour stuff. Yeah. And then my quote was from Bill Gates. It was like, Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. Guys. Nice. <laughs> uh, the first rule of technology used in business is that automation applied to an efficient operation will magnify the efficiency, but the second is that automation that's applied to an inefficient operation will magnify the inefficiency. So you got to make sure your process is efficient to make make it better with automation. Otherwise, if you have an, an insufficient or inefficient process or how you work and you automate it, it's going to be worse. Yeah. Nice. Love it. Uh, Brad, you wrote this one. So instead of a book or podcast suggestion real-life example of automation? That was, that's yeah. what you wanted to get into? So I thought it'd be interesting because like, it's kind of like a weird thing to be like, oh, hey, what's a good uh, book or podcast on automation? Like, It'd probably be the boringest podcast you ever listened to. <laughs> boringest book. So like, what's a real-life example that you've seen that uh, has automation? The very first thing I thought of was The Assembly Line by Henry Ford. So I got some stats on it. Um, so if, if 1913 was the first time that uh, The Assembly Line came out. And it used to take them like two weeks to build a car uh, because basically like one group of people would do the entire process. Um, once they went to the assembly line, it would take them 90 minutes to build a car. That was over 100 years ago. So I looked up to see what, how long it takes to build a car now. And <clears throat> it's roughly two hours. Yeah. Although there is a lot more to a car now than there was then, it's still pretty amazing. But what was interesting is that when automation rolled out then, a lot of people were worried that their jobs are going to be lost. Henry Ford introduced the first $5 a day wage back then, which was nearly two times what it was before the assembly line was uh, in process. And it brought the price of their cars down from $825 in 1908 down to $260 in 1925. So it made it more affordable to the consumers. So basically, um, 
you know, we are in a capitalist country, but it, you usually try and pass those savings on to your consumers. Um, and in the end of the day, you still end up making more money. So I thought that was just an interesting look back at automation. So I got to chime in. The, the, the four thing, do you know about, <clears throat> my favorite thing about that is he, the boxes they shipped the parts in were actually the floorboards of the Oh, really? Car. Yeah. I did not know that. So he like used yeah. everything. Yeah, he was awesome. And they're cool cars still. Yeah. Damn. Thanks, Rich. Nice. Just had to chime in there. Chime in more. Nice, Rich. Yeah. Freaking speak up. Coming with a fire. Yeah. Uh, so I, I like this one too. And uh, I actually found, I was just looking up just different things that have been automated. Everything from, you know, being able to control your lights with your phone, Bluetooth, yeah. or be able to, like, I can adjust, being able to adjust the thermostat and, like, have it know when I leave the house so I'm saving yeah. money on all that is really cool. But uh, one of the things that this company is doing called Waymo, and they, I'm sure you guys have seen those Google cars where they have, there's no one in there and they're just self-driving cars. So this company, Waymo, I think they have some sort of partnership with Google, but they're in 13 states right now. And, like, for example, in the metropolitan area of Phoenix. Um, they are actually driving people to where they need to get to go, whether it's to the grocery store, to work on a date night. And they also have um, transportation vehicles. So to transport any sort of commercial goods, no driver with them, cameras all around them. They're learning these different streets and introducing them to different metropolitan cities, which I just thought, I mean, talk about... Uber and Lyft and yeah. like Instacart, DoorDash, all of these companies that's driven basically by humans and them using their own vehicles. This is kind of, I see it as maybe one of those next steps of uh, soon they're not even going to need the people. They're just going to need the vehicles. And then they're, uh, yeah, that, it kind of eliminates uh, a lot of other jobs that Uber and Lyft have created. So something that I thought was pretty interesting that has uh, been happening that I had no idea about for mm -hmm. sure. And I think, uh, like, for Amazon, I think they're testing out, like, drone deliveries. Yeah. So that's, like, one thing that we should look out for. Yeah, I think they're in a lot of markets. I think I think it's a pretty standard thing now. Yeah, it's interesting. I haven't seen one, though. <clears throat> I don't have one. I mean, the, the ones I was going to use are just going to be the ones we talk about later. So do you guys want to get into any definitions of automation that you looked up and maybe how it applies in terms of business or or compared to personal? So what I have for the definition of automation is the technique of making an apparatus, a process, or system operate automatically. Um, I thought to like look into like, you know, how does this apply directly to business? And um, it's roughly the same thing. There are a lot of more like uh, techie stuff that you get into about automation in business, but like it's probably a little too deep and that could be like its own conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, a term for the use of technology applications that perform repetitive tasks, freeing up employees for higher value work. That was the one that easily resonated with me because it's like, like you said, at the end of the day, it's like, um, and I guess I'll just kind of get into it. It's like, I was, so using a lot of EAs, which I'll talk about more on how I'm using them, but use them to the point where <clears throat> on a one-on-one -on -one with one of my recruiters, he was like, hey, so based off everything these like virtual assistants are doing, he's like, well, what do you want me to do? Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? And I was just like, well, oh shit. I was like, I, I literally eliminated over half this guy's day. And I was like, okay, cool. You're like, fired. I was like, yeah. <laughs> 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 no, but I was like, um, I was like, well, this is great. I'm like, what's your, you know, what's your annual, annual goal? And he was like, all right, 
you know, let's just say 100K. I was like, all right, well, you were doing five, 10, $15 an hour shit, and that's what they're doing now. Yeah. I'm like, what is it at an hourly rate to make 100K? It's $50 an hour. I was like, now your job, you've got no excuse. You got no fucking excuse not to hit that goal because you can spend eight hours a day working on $50 an hour shit. So what I found find interesting about these VAs is like you hired a VA to do it, but I guarantee you these VAs are using some form of automation to do every task you gave them, whether it's LinkedIn outreach, uh, the email that you get every day saying that they accomplished it with the links and who they talk to. Like, I bet you they're automating your process, but they're probably automated so much deeper with apps that they might pay for because they're probably being a VA for four or five different people at the same time. So haven't looked too much into that. It it would be tough for me to fully buy into that though. Really? Just based off what I'm seeing with my stuff. It's like, you've like, it's manual. So it's like, again, it's it's not necessarily automation using VAs, but it's, it's the same concept, right? Yeah. It's eliminating shit of your business um so bigger higher higher ticket items can be focused on um like the stuff that we have to do like you have to manually do these things um for the most part you know unless there's some software that's on linkedin uh that i don't know about or like they're checking my inboxes like they're doing this shit that's like freeing up my time so yeah i i mean i'll guess i'll, I'll just jump into it i've got two vas both doing like lead gen admin so finding the leads like finding our target market uh, based off jobs that are open, diving through that company. They have a list of target titles that they're looking for, using a software that gets their contact information, uh, putting, them into, putting them into a list. Well, they're using a system for a system for, like we've got three different systems that it runs and funnels yeah. through, right? Um, so yeah, automation. Yeah. Um, like automating their email and then automating that information automates into this field that has name, company, industry, yeah. all this other shit. And that automates into our like uh, email marketing, like one-to-one -one email marketing stuff. Um, and then from there, there's uh, it goes like our outreach.io. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that. This mm -hmm. is one that I've got you on. It's uh, it's an email marketing platform where it's literally, it's like, like you said, an assembly line. And then it's like some of the pieces like you need to manually do, but over 50% of it, I've already got the email set out. Yeah. It just plugs in their name, their, their whatever. Um, and the idea is to get them on the phone to potentially get a contract. So it's like, it's amazing. And like Dan's doing it, Dan's doing it a little bit differently. I'm utilizing a little bit more LinkedIn and different touch points uh, and different types of emails. But like Dan's got a fucking army of VAs right now working on his shit, try to get the, try and just killing it on the contract side. Uh, but I love it so much. Like I'm literally trying to figure out how I can make it into a marketing company, um, whether it's sp specifically in my industry or otherwise, because it's like, I'm helping Bobby with it. I'm going to try to get that up and going. I'm helping my Kitco and I'm doing it for free to try to like refine and figure out how it can go. But it's, it's super interesting and it's using outreach, lead IQ. Um, and those are the two like automated systems that we use. I think it's super interesting and um, just speaking from sitting down with you um, and learning what you guys are doing, obviously it'd be cool to hear Dan's take on it because clearly he's just been hiring them left and right. He's got what, eight or nine, you said? He's got a lot, yeah. <laughs> that are just doing all lead generation and um, taking away so much of the tedious tasks. And at the end of the day, I, I think a lot of people think whenever they hear automation, they think, all right, it's some sort of robot that's doing it yeah. or like some sort of, I mean, you're paying other humans 
to do the things so you could, like you said, focus on those higher ticket items um, and things that are really going to move your business forward. So at the end of the day, it's how can I spend dollars on things that are going to make my life easier, delegating out tasks that are usually um, a little bit more repetitive. And I thought the same thing because I'm now I'm, I'm just waiting for my interviews with my VAs because mm -hmm. I got set up with all that <clears throat> and I'm just waiting for um, them to come back with some people that say, hey, here are the people to interview. But I think understanding that process would be important for a lot of folks and figure out, okay, how they can use that. And you have a good idea as far as uh, trying to turn that into some sort of marketing company. Yeah, and I know <clears throat> like the, the system is just so fucking clean. Like it's... And this is like the last part I'll say about it. But I was like, when I was in an agency, it was like, I had to do the account management. I had to recruit. I had to follow up with a candidate. I had to make cold calls every fucking day. I have to follow up emails, like all this other shit just to get somebody to set an appointment to me. And now it's like, I could know nothing about a company. I could never not talk to my VA in three days. And then it goes from into the system to the email to I've even got my ca another automation, Calendly, right? Yep. yep. About everybody uses Calendly. Mm -hmm. If you're setting your own appointments yourself and you're not, you don't have like a Calendly link, it's free. Go fucking use it. But it's like all the way to like I go log into my computer the next morning. It's like, oh, I've got three appointments sitting on my calendar about to talk to people about how they want to spend money on my company. Yeah. And so I'm like the opposite way. Like I do, I've invested in automation, like what Bobby's talking about, like the robots. Basically, I have, I've invested nearly 50 grand in the last two months on automation. Um, and I did like a little bit of calculation today to figure out, okay, well, what, how long is it going to take me to pay it off? And um, basically, you're looking at like 10 weeks to pay it off. Jesus. Which is huge. That's yeah. fast. I mean, it basically, you know, instead of having, we can switch parts from running in nine seconds now, which would have taken us a minute or longer if somebody was busy doing another task. Now it automatically does it in nine seconds automatically. It can literally run 24 hours a day without it being intended to. And there's, I couldn't, I couldn't afford to pay somebody to sit there 24 hours a day to, to run these parts. So mine's a little bit uh, more the other way. I am... I am trying to find some sort of, I guess we'll just kind of move forward a little bit-ish, is I am trying to find ways to automate a lot of my admin stuff. Whether it's a, a bill that comes in, I don't know how, I just want it to automatically either get paid, get sent into QuickBooks, a check's issued, what, whatever. And I know there's something out there that does all that if they're like, they're 100% is. But I need to I need to figure what that is because that's like my biggest hang up in business is all the admin work and invoicing. I hate doing it just because it's like I have to sit there and manually do it at the moment and it really sucks. So um, some stats that I have is it says that 69% of managerial work will be automated by 2024. That's a big number. And that's like the type of stuff I'm talking about. It's like, it's almost, I think you're always going to have employees because you need to make sure that the systems like Sal said earlier, the, that the processes are correct. So it is running efficiently. Um, but I think a lot of, it's just going to be simplified a lot to where these people can start focusing on the higher ticket items. Here's my question though. So because like there's this uproar of like entrepreneurs that are coming up, um, it just kind of popped into my head. But like, are we like on the downtick? Like if the industrial revolution, right? Where jobs shot up, then technology jobs shot up. Yeah. And it's like now things are so automated and this world is so easy that it's like more and more people are doing their own thing. So it's like, does it ever get to a point in time where it's like pre-industrial revolution where majority of people were just self-sustaining? 
right? Like they just were able to farm, do their thing, live on their land and didn't have to have an actual job. So I think it will actually see more entrepreneurs uh, because I think it's going to make systems easier for people to do like the freelance type work. Um, so that's why I think you could actually see more small business owners because it's going to make it easier, more affordable, maybe less of a risk for somebody to take that venture to start a business, which then is still going to employ people because you're, oh, you, you, you will always need somebody. Yeah. But I do think you're going to start replacing people with these simple mind, simple minded tasks, like as rude as that sounds like. Pretty soon, McDonald's is literally just going to be a robot that's running. It's going to cook. It's going to serve. It's going to do everything. But you're still going to have to have somebody there to make sure it's it's running correctly. Like we've and, all used a computer before. Can you imagine if whole McDonald's shut down because the computer had a fucking reboot? Right. You know. And I, and the way I see it, it's like you know there are people like some argue job shortages because of it or whatever. And obviously, the more you automate it, it will eliminate jobs. But it's like the way I see it, the more technology grows and expands, the more jobs are are able to be created on shit yeah. that we're doing. So I don't know. I I don't necessarily I haven't looked too much into it, but I don't I don't see a point where it's like, okay, nobody can find jobs. Yeah. The uh, I actually just looked this up because we talk about this a little bit with um with my business and there's so many people that are going independent, these gig type workers, whether they drive for Uber or they start their own business. And then uh, just a couple of statistics. I mean, last year it was 4.2 million business business licenses were um, applied for and approved. And this uh, article is saying that 60% of the work, U.S. workforce will be independent by 2027. And people are just, I think the pandemic caused a lot of people to re- realize that they fucking hate their jobs. And they want to go do something and work for their on their own, which I think is a really cool thing. Obviously, a, a big thing that we talk about all the time. Um, and I think that we'll see a lot of people trend that direction. It's just a matter of it. Will it be something that's like everyone wants to be a YouTuber, or are people actually going to be finding solutions to different problems, or like be working independently? by driving Uber or Lyft or yeah. something like that. And my answer to that is whatever fucking makes you happy. Like whatever makes you fucking money. You know what I mean? And that, and to go off some of your stats, I did see 11 million, 11.5 million jobs open up in March. So that leaves two jobs for every unemployed person that's out there right now. And then 4.5 million people quit their jobs in March. So that could be like, I don't know. Like I feel like that's... I did see March was the highest like number for people to quit a job. That was it. That was it. Yep. It's a record for a number of people quitting their job. So, um, but one thing it doesn't show, it could be because trending towards that, like people going towards like freelance shit or some Mm -hmm. starting their own company. Um, Or I think one of the things that they don't say about that, it's just like that stat is, okay, 4.5 million people are quitting their jobs, but I would assume the far majority of those people are quitting and jumping to a new job. There there is some sort of number. I think in the same article, it does say that like how it levels out on that. But I think a is lot there, of times when they report that though is people who actually quit and did not replace their job. But I could be totally wrong. Hmm. Interesting. Well, it could go along with Bobby's thing where whatever that article was or wherever you found that were, mm-hmm. what was it by 2020? 2027, 60% of, Ameri- of the U.S. workforce will be independent. Yeah. Interesting. Until uh, they it, realize the taxes they have to pay. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> uh, Brad, you had the question... What was it? Oh, I guess we could start with this one. Uh, will AI take overall simple-minded tasks? You kind of, you kind of yeah. hit on that, right? I, I think, I think at some point it will, for the most part, replace all those jobs, and um, I think it's a good thing. I think it kind of forces people to uh, elevate themselves a little bit to have a better job. Um, 
I mean, nobody wants to sit and flip burgers. That's not a career job. If that's a, like, we've talked about that on our, you know, minimum wage podcast. Like, if your job is to work at fucking Burger King for the rest of your life, like, it's just never going to work. Like, right. You, you're eventually going to get replaced by whether it's a kid who's younger than you or just a robot. It's just going to happen. Yep. What about, so the one, uh, and I did this before. I'm glad you, you, you had us ask this question, Brad. It's have you calculated the ROI um, of your automation? And if so, tell us. So yeah, um, my automation, whether we count that as outsourcing or systems, and it's just now like getting up and running, just in the past two months alone has been responsible for generating $118,000 of revenue yeah. for our company. Um, and your expense on that is a couple grand. Yeah, so looking at this, it's probably like already based off like what it costs me annually for this stuff, it's probably already like paid for itself seven to eight times over. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and that's, yeah, that's all we're, and that's all we're using for it. Flex. So it's a uh, flex. Sick flex. That's a flex. Is, that is a sick flex. Mm -hmm. What about you, Brad? I know you're calculating ROI. Oh, you already, you already kind of yeah, talked about that. Yeah, I already touched on it. It was like 10 weeks. Uh, my new machine is showing up in another two weeks. Um, that's so my biggest hang up at the moment is we can't process the metal like we can't get it ready to go in the machines fast enough because our saw is a manual saw we have to go over we have to set it we have to start it um, the new saw we got is going to be fully automated you just load the material in you tell it how far you want it to cut how many pieces and it just spits it all out so basically we'll set it at the end of the day run all the parts we need to cut we'll come in, in the morning throw it in the machine let it run all day so how many um, total machines do you have? Um, so we have Four, and then the new machine, like a company's one, so I don't really count that. So it's like four and a half. And then uh, we're, we're looking at purchasing another machine uh, that would take <clears throat> would take the process from like a one operation part or a three operation part down to a one operation part. So in nine minutes, we'd make one part versus, you know, 27 minutes. So And t two years ago, whenever all this stuff got started, you had what, one or two machines? Yeah, so I went from one to four four machines in two and a half years. That's so yeah, awesome. so we're looking to, I mean, I'm literally, I haven't, I don't know if I told you guys this much, but we're literally looking for uh, property in a building right now. Uh, I found some property. We're just trying to like, my dad's like out, he's retired, just driving around trying to find property that's for sale. So it's like probably in the next two months, I'll have a new, I'll have property that I'm closed on. We will not be moved in yet because we're probably going to build the building, whether we knock down an existing one or just completely remodel. So. Right on. I ran into a guy uh, yesterday that knows you, uh, Chris Fetter from FNS Collision out oh, okay, in, yeah. and he still races. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, he that broke, guy took a ride last weekend. He he broke some ribs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and it was funny. He was mentioning that because it was in Terre Haute, yeah. Indiana. Sorry, I know that this is off topic, but I was just like, oh shit, I just remembered that. Um, but that's cool. Everything that you guys are that you're doing with uh, with your company, obviously, you guys are are smashing it and. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think with, and Brad, you kind of touched on it too, but the AI taking over some of these like very simple tasks. I'm just curious, and I know it's not on our agenda necessarily, but like the younger generation, I think of like as millennials, I feel like we are in a very sweet spot where we grew up with computers. We had uh, we had to go home whenever the streetlights came on, yeah. you know, mom still whistled at us whenever or rang a bell or whatever, whenever dinner was ready and shit like that. And, but we also, 
we grew up with computers. Yes. We understood how to use these. We now are fucking perfect with our cell phones and the younger generation. This is all they fucking know. Yeah. They don't know how to do. I can tell you this. Most young people that I talk to from recruiting, if you talk to them about Excel, PowerPoint, Microsoft Word, they have no idea what the fuck they're doing. And you have to teach them how to do this. Dude, they um, don't even know what a VCR is. I don't, I don't think they know yeah, what a I don't VCR think they, is. Yeah, they, they wouldn't know a VHS is. tape Wait, or anything like that. Here's my question. Like Microsoft Office, that suite or whatever, mm -hmm. is that not like your basic, like everybody has to take it in college if you go to college? I would think so, I but took it on high so many young yeah, people I that I talk to are don't even understand how to utilize it. Hmm. Um, so if they are, maybe just these classes and school are getting even fucking worse than they were whenever we were in school. And I'm just curious how, like, they'd react to all of this stuff. Like, what the fuck are they going to do? If they're not a YouTuber, they're going to have a panic yeah. attack and need to be on medication. Well, I think it's <laughs> interesting because I think <laughs> <It's real. laughs> there's probably a lot of really cool shit these kids are learning, but then they're, like, they're going way over, like, just the simple stuff of, like, well, how do I write, in, you know, how do I use Word or Excel and items like that? But they're learning how to like code something to like, so I think it's like, like maybe we're going to look back and they're going to be like, why the fuck did you need Microsoft Word? Yeah. You know, like, right. I just talked to my fucking robot and it printed out my paper, you know, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. So it just like mean kids now don't even learn cursive. Like we learn cursive in school. So who knows? Or like checks and balances and taxes. They don't have classes for that. Yeah. That's, that's like something I just told my wife, like, they don't teach that in school. I'm going to like start doing that with my kids like soon. Like when my daughter starts kindergarten, I'll be like, we're going to start learning finance this year. So like th that will set you apart so much further mm -hmm. later in life. For sure. We appreciate you guys listening. Uh, and if you want to follow us, hit us on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Uh, we've got a Facebook group as well. Um, I don't, are we doing a, are we doing a mastermind? May 10th. So we're doing it one week from today. Yesterday. One week from yesterday? Yeah. yeah. So May 10th. Yeah. Dan says he's got a speaker lined up. Okay. We need we a have location. Shit for that. <laughs> no, we... location. Yeah. It's been a minute. Um, yeah. So <laughs> by 10th. the time you're listening to this, you'll know if we're having an event or not. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, we'll recap it. We'll recap it. Yeah. Otherwise, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, subscribe and share our podcast. Thanks. See ya. Thanks. Deuces. Later. See ya.